Praise God. I thought you enjoyed the presence of the Lord today. It was not amazing. You know, sometimes I just think the Holy Spirit just loves us to wait on Him and just not rush into His presence and rush out. Remember years ago when I was, sounds like years ago, but, but when I was courting my wife Carol and we would go out, it just time flew by. You know, when you're in love with someone, it's not a matter of time. You're not even thinking of the clock. How many of you noticed that? Uh, I, I'd actually like to see the hands of anybody that... It, not, not, let me finish the question here. <laughs> How many have ever been on a date and you looked at your watch and said, that time's up, need to get home? We, oh, well, we need to pray for you really quick. Uh, normally, when passion... And when life and when the love of God is connected in that situation, you know, it's just time stands still. It just it's 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 an amazing thing. You know, I have a lot to share, but I, I want to be to a point this morning. I just want to kind of share from my heart. Uh, been been in, in a season of fasting and prayer, seeking the Lord. I, I want to tell you something. This was probably one of the most difficult times I've ever had in any season I've ever had in fasting and prayer. One of the most difficult times, challenging physically, mentally, emotionally. Uh, I got sick halfway through my uh, time. and uh, But the interesting thing about it is that God still... God still spoke, and God still met me in a, in a real real way. But um, the, Lord, the Lord laid some things on, on my heart about this, this house. And uh, there have been some people that have judged this house, that have said, well, it's not growing, and it's not doing this, and it's not doing that, and and it's, it's not happening like other places are. I, I'm so grateful that God doesn't judge us by size. And I, he doesn't judge us based... Uh, he, he looks at the heart of people. That's not an excuse to stay small. I believe God wants us to grow. He wants us to multiply. But... Right now, uh, I, I really appreciated John's uh, word today about anxiety... There's, in the unrenewed mind, when the mind is not renewed, let me say that again, when the mind is not renewed, the tendency is to see the glass half empty. When the mind is not renewed, the tendency is to see all the failures, the faults, and the problems. You start looking at people instead of the Lord. How many of you know we're to look unto Jesus, the author and the fisher of our faith? If we looked at people, well, we're going to see all their warts and their problems, and uh, we're going to see issues, and we'll even see ourselves. And we'll start, we'll start disqualifying ourselves. We'll start canceling ourselves out. There's nothing more that the devil wants to do is to cancel you out wants to counsel, he wants to disqualify, he wants to, 
wants to destroy you with condemnation. There's a real war on. There's a real battle. And uh, the Lord impressed on me that there are some battles that are people that, that are in that Jesus has already, through his shed blood, has paid the price for your victory. And he wants you to be walking in that victory. Now, when we talk about faith or living faith, living faith is not based upon what I see on the outside. Faith is looking through the lens of the cross, and I see resurrection life in whatever whatever it is. Um, my wife and I recently have gone through some of the most unbelievable demonic attacks. Uh, in all the years I've been in ministry, I've never come under such assault. I'm just being honest with you. In fact, I'll, I'll be honest with you about something. I didn't even want to get up and preach today. I've come under such assault by the powers of darkness through people that even mean well and through other situations that I had to, I had to learn to do what Paul said to do, and that is to bring every thought into captivity. I had to, I had to learn to realize that we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. I asked the Lord in the beginning of this fast, I said, Lord, what in the hell am I going through this for? Why am I going through what I'm going through? And the Lord said, spoke to me two things. I really pray you hear me right now. In fact, I, I, let me just open up with prayer before I give you the two things the Lord impressed on me. Father, I just ask you right now to open our ears, our minds, our eyes. Lord, we know that I'm, I'm not here to entertain. I don't even care about pastoring this church as long as you're in it. I don't want, like Moses said, we, we will not go up unless your presence goes with us. Lord, I have no desire. I have no desire at all to be here unless you're here. I only want your presence. Lord, these people deserve your very best. They deserve the best. And Lord, even today, as we just look into the word of life, I ask you, Lord, that the bread of heaven would be, bring heaven. Open our eyes to the windows of heaven. Help us, Lord, to see what you provided through Calvary to us and for us today. The two things that the Lord impressed upon me was this, is there's many of us that are not saved. You're not born again. You may say, well, that was a slap in the face. No, I'm not trying to slap anybody in the face. Some of us have been in church all our life. We've been in church. We've been around religious circles. You've even had religious experiences. Do you know that a religious experience does not constitute transformation? Let me say it again. An experience does not constitute salvation. What constitutes salvation is a surrendered life. 
I've surrendered to him. Does that mean that I'm not going to blunder or fail or fall? The Bible says he who practices sin, the love of God does not abide in him. I understand we all fail. I fail. But the first thing is that there are some that have believed a lie. The Lord wants you to walk in the truth. The truth is what sets you free. You should know the truth. The second thing is this. My people do not take the battle seriously. When the enemy comes like a flood, it's not your father-in-law, your mother-in-law, it's not your brother, your sister, it's not your boss, it's not your wife, it's not your kids, it's not bad luck, it's not karma. These are demonic, strategic assaults and schemes that are seeking to wage warfare to destroy your faith in Jesus. He can steal your family, your kids. He can steal your money. He can steal your job. He can kill, steal, and destroy. But if he takes your faith in God, he's got it all. Well, Pastor Ray, boy, I'm not ready for that. Well, I'm not here to offend anybody. How many believe that Jesus does not want a lukewarm church? He wants us hot. Does he want us on fire? I just want to say to you right now that I'm all in. I'm all in. It has nothing to do with self-righteousness. I'm just letting you know. No half-hearted, no skimming. No one foot in and one foot out. No playing games. I'm all in. I really believe, this is going to sound strange. I wish I could tell you that I had a visitation from an angel, but I didn't. I believe in my hotel room, I believe I had the enemy two nights in a row, come and talk to me. I I do believe there's a devil who talks to you. Now, I know the Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. And I did that. But that's not my point. Well, my point is, do you remember when Jesus was in the desert, in the wilderness, in Luke chapter 4, What did Satan say to Jesus? He said, if you will turn, if you will use your power to turn these stones into bread. What he was trying to get him to do was think about yourself. Think about you. Then he took him on a cliff and he says, if you'll bow down and worship me, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. If you bow down. Then, then he tempted him to throw himself off a cliff to tempt the Father, to tempt God, that God won't take care of you. Then he took the Scripture and he twisted it. That's what Satan does. He takes Scripture and he twists it. And the whole point is, so you will carry 
an offense. So you will carry an offense against the very one who will keep you, who will save you, who will heal you. Now, I, I, I just want to say this to you. The heart of the Father loves this church. He loves you so much. He cares about you so much that he will never, ever give up on you. He'll never give up. He will not quit. Behold, he stands at the door and he knocks. And he will send people. He will send family. He will send pastors. He will send leaders to knock on the door of your heart to get your attention. My question to you this morning is, are you listening? Are you listening? I mean, do you really, do you really hear what he says? Or do you hear through filtered ears? Do you know what I mean by filtered ears are? Filtered ears are ears that you have in your heart, in your mind, that just makes you hear what you want to hear? Or do you hear what he really wants to talk to you about? Do you hear him? How many have ever read Revelations chapter 2 and 3? Revelations chapter 2 and 3 is John's letter to the seven churches at Asia. To the seven churches. When I read those chapters and I get done, sometimes it makes me wonder if I really am hearing the Holy Spirit. One of the letters he was writing to the church at Ephesus and to other of the churches, he'll say things like this. He says a positive word, but then he comes back with, he'll say this phrase and you'll see it used often. Read it. Read it in the second, third chapters of Revelation. He says, but I have something against you. I love you, but, but I have something against you I need to let you know. Do you know one of the churches was this? You're a church. I, can't, I think it's Thyatira. It says, you're a church that has a name. Oh, you have a name, and your name is known throughout the region. But you don't know the Lord. You got a name. Well, you, 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 you got it going on. Oh, it said also, you're a church that has a name that appears to have life in it, but you are dead. Well, I'm leaving that church. Boy, that's condemnation. I'm out of that one. How would we handle that if the Apostle John came to this church. Now, I'm not saying we're the church of Thyatira, the church of Philadelphia, the church at uh, Laodicea. Uh, the church of Laodicea, interesting church. They were wealthy. They were, a, they were a city on a coastline that had amazing commerce and industry, and they were wealthy, doing well. There was a shipping community. Phenomenal. And yet, in that church, 
the Holy Spirit comes to this, the apostle, and he says, you say you're rich, you're wealthy, and you have need of nothing. I don't need God. I don't need this. I don't need that. But he says, but you do not know that you're wretched, blind, and you're naked, and your shame shows. Then he says, I counsel you to buy of me gold tried in the fire. What he is saying is this. You need to invest in things that really matter. He says, you've poured yourselves into physical things. And, and you, know, you know, as I was reading this, as I was just saturating and seeking the Lord, and the Holy Spirit was saying, you know, I, I want to come. I want to take this church into greater levels of revelation of my presence and my power. But it will cost you. How many of you are willing to pay the price to go higher? I, I, I want to go. Church, I'm just letting you know. I'm not happy. I'm, it's not you. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not happy with you. I just know there's more. I just know there's more. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to take us into levels of His glory, His presence. You know, let me bring this down to where the rubber meets the road. We live in a world right now, John said it, and it's not just in the church, but we, we've just come from one of the most divisive, divisive years in our elections. We've come through a season where there's so much anger, there's so much hate, uh, whether you're watching the media, the news, politics, even with churches, churches of all things are taking sides, which should not be de- happening. You don't take sides with believers and start arguing politics. Christians don't do that because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Whether you don't like Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton or Obama, they are not the problem. I I may not like some of somebody's policies. They're not the problem. The Bible says the God of this world blinds the eyes of men. It says we're to give thanks, we're to pray for all those that are in authority, and we're to, we're to come before the Lord and bring our supplications before him that all, may, all men may live in peace. And as, as a father, as a husband in my own life, I have a responsibility. It's, it's bigger than getting behind this black box and talking to you. My responsibility before the Lord is to have a relationship with Him, to be able to hear Him, and then to represent Him in a way that helps you see that He is good, He's God, He's gracious. But he's also a God of righteousness. Christians are not only people that should walk in righteousness and mercy, but we should be people of integrity.
What you see on the outside should be what's on the inside. And, and the Lord's really impressed on me that we need to examine ourselves. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 11 when we were taking communion. <clears throat> he said, let a man so examine himself. The word does not mean to condemn yourself. It says examine yourself. What that means is this, as you take your life, line it up with the word of God, just say, Lord, is there anything in my life that's hindering the flow? of the blessing of the Lord? Is there a relationship? Is there an offense? Is there some kind of sin? Is there compromise that has separated me from my wife, my church family, the Holy Spirit? Is there anything, Lord, that is keeping me and hindering my prayer? The Bible says that if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. That's not condemnation. How many of you believe he wants to hear your prayer? He, he doesn't cut me off. I cut myself off. Let me say that again. He doesn't cut me off. I cut myself off. It's my sin. But that's, that's not even where I'm going. What, what I want to really lay down this morning is that we have a Father in heaven who has plans for this house. And his plans, I, re, I, I was going back through the prophetic words of Brother Gentile a, a couple of years ago, and he said, God has a plan for open heavens, new life at that time, open heavens church. And he used this term. He said, it is a unique calling and purpose in this city. It will be unique. It's a unique calling. Now, I do not believe any of you are here by accident. I believe that you are here because the Lord drew you here. You're planted. If you're sitting here this morning and you're miserable, you're considering leaving, then pray about it. If you cannot put your roots down and become part of the highs and the lows, maybe you're in the wrong church. Maybe you need to move on. If, if you're looking for where revival is, by the way, you might find it in the next church, but guess what? You'll get tired of it there, and then you'll be looking again for somewhere else. I'm so glad I've been married to the same woman for 39 years. I've had my highs and I have my lows. But you know what? I'm in a covenant commitment to stick with her till death do us part. I believe God wants us to have that same kind of covenant relationship, even in local churches. Now, if this is not the place for you, then pray. Seek the Lord. Find it. One thing I tell people about where you know you're supposed to be is that when you find it, it's home. You can say, I have found home. This is home. If it's not home, keep looking. 
No one will condemn you. No one will offend you. No one will kick you on the way out. We love you to pieces. We really do. But you may say, well, where are you going with this one, Pastor Ray? I'll tell you where. We need help. We need help in children's ministries. We need help in other different diverse ministries, ushering. We need help in sound. We need help. Some of you have been here a long time and have been a great blessing. By the way, I do want to say this about this church for the size of it. Many of you are tithers. You're tithing. You're giving. And that's a great blessing. We appreciate that. Helps us keep the lights on. Salaries coming in, missions, ministries that we have. But we also need your service. If God's planted you here, you should be asking yourself three questions. Simple. What are my gifts? Where's my strengths? What can I do in a practical way that can bring strength and addition to this house? Many of you are already serving in great ways, by the way, and I commend you. This is a very giving church. It's a sacrificing church. I could go down the road and just, I see so many of you here that have given, you've sacrificed, you've blessed. You are so deeply appreciated. We really mean that. But the third thing, too, in in just understanding the will of God for your life It's this, is that everything that we do connects with people. Do you connect with people? I'm not talking about your friends. Do you open your home? you open your life? you open your heart to the needs of people? That's what a believer does. That's what a Christian does. Jesus said... We know that we pass from death into the life because we love one another. Can you imagine? <laughs> I, I, I could come up to John Stance and say, Hey, John, I really like you, man. You're an awesome tennis player. I don't play tennis, but hey, he's an awesome tennis player. High five, partner. Great job. See you next Sunday. Have nothing to do with him. Just kind of give him high five. Hey, how's my tennis player? High five it. But I have nothing to do with him. That's not love. That's not love. That's great high fives, friends. We have them. Jesus said that the Gentiles love like that. Jesus said true love is when you love your enemies. How many of you here have ever loved someone that you really didn't want to hang around them? Praise God, i got a few honest answers out here. Well, that's, that's true love. That's true biblical love. True love isn't love, the love of God. I, I, and what I'm talking about all this here, it's all about vision. God wants us to learn to get along. He wants us to learn to forgive. He wants us to learn to see the best in people. He wants us to learn to see the best in situations. Faith, now faith.
faith is the evidence of those things not seen. Not seen. But the evidence of those things hoped for. Can't have faith without hope. And hope is, comes by vision. I just want to say to you this morning that, and I'm going to close right now. I'm not going to get into my passage. I feel that the Holy Spirit is, is giving me a word, and that word is this. Higher. He wants to take us higher. He wants to take us higher than where we were before. I was in the hotel room down in Houston. I was in prayer, set up my books, did all my... uh, I, I, I get my room set up and when I'm fasting, praying, I set things up. My books, my computer out, table. I put do not disturb because every day these lady, cleaning ladies come in and they bother you at about 11 o'clock. You know, and I'm, <laughs> this is kind of interesting. I'm at, by the way, when I'm in a hotel, they should really give me the whole floor. Because I'm loud. I, I, I'm, I'm in the... Thank you, Lord. Father, I give you praise because you're an awesome God. All of a sudden, knocking on the door. Uh, uh, she was speaking Spanish. I didn't know. But she said, you, you okay? You okay? <laughs> Things are fine. Come back a little bit later. I'm worshiping the Lord, seeking the Lord. And... Uh, I, I want to share something with you. I, I, I hesitate to share this, but, but I feel I need to share it because it's, it, it, it was a real miracle that happened. My wife is here to bear witness to this. Uh, I, I like to speak faith, okay? But for about seven years, seven years, I've had neuropathy in my toes and my feet. And I've gone to a doctor that has given me nerve medication, nerve medication. It's, it's, it's a, it basically stiffens my feet so I don't feel the pain. It's not a narcotic type thing. It's a nerve type of a deal. And I forgot to bring it on my trip. So I called my wife, Carol. I said, Carol, I left my nerve. And for two nights, it's night, it's the worst in my feet. So I called my wife, said, Carol, I am going through hell. My feet are killing me. And this thought came to my mind, and I'm sure it was the Lord, because now what's happened? The Lord said, you remember the scripture where it says there's never a sparrow that falls to the ground that the Lord, your heavenly father, doesn't know about it. There's not a hair that doesn't come out of your head that your heavenly father. That scripture comes to my mind. 
And the Lord said, I knew you would forget the nerve medication. And for two nights, I was in extreme pain. The third day, and for the past, over a past month, I've never had to take one nerve pill. And for, I was on that stuff. It, it, it's, it's not a narcotic. It was, it's a, it's a nerve medication. I, I didn't want to take, I, I don't want to take anything except vitamins. But I have been without anything for over a month. And God has completely healed my feet. And, and I, and, and I, is that right, Carol? Is that right? Go ahead and say yes or no. I mean, tell them I'm a liar if I'm lying. The, the interesting thing about it was the doctors had, it's, it, it's a nerve issue. How many of you have ever heard of neuropathy? Uh, it's usually connected with diabetes, but I don't have diabetes. I've never had diabetes. I, I have been a borderline, but I've completely, I didn't have the nerve medication. And when I stopped, I, I couldn't do a thing about it. I'm not going to drive all the way back to Garland to get it. I almost wanted to, but I didn't. And I said, all right, Lord, I'm standing on your word right now. The third night, the complete, here's the interesting thing about it. I forgot about it. Completely forgot about it. And I woke up Carol at midnight. I said, Carol, you will not believe this. She says, what are you waking me up for now? Right, Carol, the nerve pain is gone. This, this is not normal. It, it really was. And she's asked me for a month, How you, how's your feet doing? Carol, I can't believe it. It's gone. Now, I'm here to tell you, I, 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 hate, I want to confess something to you. I didn't trust God. I wasn't trusting God for seven years. Oh, I, I was claiming healing, still taking my nerve pill for my feet. And by the way, I'm not suggesting that anybody go home and stop taking all medication. I'm not suggesting that. <laughs> but I will tell you one thing. I took God's word, and for two days, because I had nothing else to do, I said, Father, your word declares that through your stripes I'm healed. Father, I declare right now, I literally would take my hands and put them on my feet, and I'd say, in Jesus' name, I command the spirit of affliction to leave my feet to the power that is in the name of Jesus. What I did. For over a month, I've had no pain in my feet. That was God. Totally God. And I, I felt like the Lord speak to my heart just this. He wants to do the same for others. You may say, well, why, why does he want to do that for me? To give you a testimony. It's the testimony of God's power and his goodness that draws unbelievers 
to the Lord to say, if he can do it for me, he'll do it for you. Do you know what? The church, the days of the church being powerless are over. The days of the church being just kind of on the fringes are over. I don't know about you, but I want to see our young people grow. I want to see this church packed out. I want to see Garland just connected to the glory of God. I want to see people set free from the powers of darkness. I want to see drug addicts and alcoholics and prostitutes fill our church. I want to see people that normally wouldn't come to church fill these pews. That's his plan. He said, my house shall be a house of prayer for all nations. That's what he wants. The question is, do you want it? Do you want it? I want it. Can we stand our feet? You know, it's amazing. This, this, may mean, this may mean very little to some of you. I can actually step on my feet and not hurt. I know that may sound stupid. Well, so what? You step on your feet. Do you know I couldn't do this before? I can step on my feet and not have pain. It's God. I had nothing to do with it. I mean, I, I would walk around. I remember one time my little granddaughter, Reagan, she comes and runs and jumps on Grandpa's lap. And no, it wasn't Reagan. I don't want to blame Reagan. It was Judah. That's right, Judah. Judah. For, forgive me, Reagan. Judah comes running, and he just slams a foot right into, onto my toes. It's just set me to the moon. Oh, it killed me. They run and jump on my feet, and I have no pain. I am not kidding you. There is no, I am not exaggerating this. What happened down in that hotel completely transformed my feet. Now, I don't know, maybe God's given me some kind of a feet anointing for healing. I don't know. But I do believe the Holy Spirit wants to come transform, change, heal, empower a vision. He wants, if there's been sin in your life, He wants to wash you clean. He wants to restore the joy of your salvation. He's here to let you know He's the good shepherd. He's a good shepherd. You know, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, why so long? Why, why was it so long? And he answered me this. There's things that you can only learn through pain. You'll never come to appreciate my grace. If I came and delivered you out of every painful situation, you'd never come to appreciate the significance of my grace. Pain has a purpose. 
you will never have compassion for people. And you know what the Lord spoke to me? He said this. You went through what you went through because I could trust you with it. I could trust you to come through it. Do you know he trusts you today? He trusts you today. You're not going through anything by accident that he's not allowed because he trusts you. He trusts you. I want everyone, I'm not saying you're putting your trust in yourself, but he trusts you because he which began a good work will bring it to completion. Just just bow your head for a minute. You may just say, Pastor Ray, you know, I know God has more for my life. I'd like to see his presence just overwhelm me. He loves you. He loves you. He delights in you so much more than you would know. It's better than you think. His goodness is better than you think it is. Maybe this morning you may just say, you know, I've I've doubted. I've had some issues of hurt and offense. So did I. But he was so patient. Maybe that's you this morning you'd just like to be prayed for. If you want to raise your hand, slip it down. See your hand. See your hands. See your hands. He's never taken anything away from you. He's never come. Even if you're a prodigal, the Father restores his ring, sandals, a robe. He even throws a party because he loves to see his son, his daughter. He's not here to cast you out because it's his love, it's his redeeming love that leads us to repentance. Father, you see these hands. You see the honesty, the integrity of their heart. We stand before you naked. We stand before you, Lord, completely transparent. Father, we ask you right now that you would continue to blow the sweet wind of your presence in this house. Let us never take for granted. Let us never take for granted your Holy Spirit. Breathe on us, Lord. Bend us. Just bend us. Break us. Break us with your grace.
Lord. Open our eyes. Open the eyes of the blind. Open the hearts of those that are broken. Set at liberty them that are bruised. Father, we ask you today to make the vision plain. Make it clear. We give you Jesus. We give you Jesus. We give you our highest praise. give you such praise. You know, when I came back from Houston, I had some arguments with my wife, Carol. Said some things weren't even good, even after the Lord healed me. And I I, I actually, for a minute, thought the Lord was going to allow the pain to come back in my feet. Because I said some things. I was upset. We had some disagreements. And the Lord spoke to me. He says, Ray, I don't think like you think. Aren't you glad God doesn't think like I think? Don't all shout me down now, but... I don't think like you think, but I want you to humble yourself. I want you to ask your wife to forgive her, forgive you. You know what? I'm just going to be real with you. I'm not going to put on an act. I'm going to let you know how it is. because you'll never know his grace until you know how willing he is to go deep and heal our lives. You'll never know him. Can we take each other by the hand? I'm done. Here, just take your neighbor by the hand. Father, I thank you for your love, for my spouse, my brother, my sister, my friend. Lord, we just ask you today that you would just continue to open the heavens, open our eyes, open our minds and our ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Father, we love you. Lord, work the impossible. Work the impossible in our lives. Help us to see that the glory you gave Jesus, you've given to the church. Lord, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to someone and give them a hug before you go. God bless you guys. Have a great, great week. We do have a leader's luncheon after. Pond5.com Pond5.com